You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You, you feel this, this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to participate, please feel free to call in. The phone number here is 608-501-0718. New callers go directly to the front of the line. Um, getting a little bit of a late start, so we'll probably have to cut this a little bit short. Uh, also, I have to try to keep my voice down because the... Little one is actually sleeping in my office, so if she wakes up, no more podcast. Oop, she's moving. Why don't you guys go ahead and do the talking? First caller, new caller, what's up? Hello. The following is a saved voicemail message from the cellular device of Aaron Rogers. Here is your voicemail. <laughs> hey, Aaron! It's Brian uh, Gutekunst, the uh, uh, the uh, general manager of the Green Bay. His voice is sounding awfully familiar, but go on, sir. Packers, but you already know that because <laughs> I know you saved my number in your phone last time I asked you. So it's me, buddy. It's me. Uh, just wanted to say thanks for all your service. I know you're headed off to New York, the New York Jets. So thanks for your years of service. And also thank you for, you know, telling the media over the last couple of years that you and I are, are bros and we've, we've come a long way because that's truly what happened, <laughs> um, right? We're, we're bros, right? You never seem to answer. Um, so I appreciate that. And um, even though, you know, some people think I'm not a great general manager, I I know that you have my back. So you have my back and, and we'll always be friends. And, you know, actually I just upped my uh, subscription to the NFL network. So now I can get New York Jets games, dude. So I can, I can watch you still. Cause we're friends. Uh, anyways, I got to go uh, do some corporate stuff or something, or maybe take a nap. But uh, yeah, again, thanks for your, for all your time and, and your support. And, uh, and the touchdowns and stuff. Uh, we'll keep in touch, though. I mean, 
we're friends, man. So love you. Thank you. Love you. Um, I'm sure I, yeah, we're friends for sure. So, okay. Love you. It's not goodbye. It's, it's see you later. So, okay. I'm going to hang up. Okay. Love you. Okay. <laughs> love you. Bye. Oh, shtees. Um, Goot, uh, well, he probably doesn't listen, but Aaron, I, I find that to be a total D-bag move that you gave Gutekunst my phone number when um, he asked for it. But um, I was getting some very strong Michael Scott vibes. I don't know if anybody else kind of was getting that, but um, I don't know, man. I might have to change my opinion of Gutekunst because that creeped me out a little bit. Excited me a little, but also creeped me out. You know what I mean? Like you get that little tingle, like this is kind of, you know? But also, like, this is wrong, right? So, yeah. Anyways, another new caller. What's up? Hey, Ryan. This is Tej from Milwaukee Con. Hey. I wanted to get your take on Aaron Rodgers' quote from his first press conference in New York today. Uh, when he said that the reason he wasn't answering his phone when Brian Gutekunst called him uh, was because he only gets FaceTime. Mm-hmm. No cell service at his house. Only FaceTime. My question to you was, do you think that if he had showed up to some of the off-season activities, maybe built a better relationship with some of the younger receivers, do you think maybe one of those young guys could have taught him how to set up Wi-Fi calling on his phone? <laughs> I know you got access to some of the, you know, PFF, some of those stats and insights. I was wondering if you could put together maybe like a top three, top five list of, of young Packers players who might have been able to salvage this whole situation <laughs> by teaching Aaron Rodgers how to set up Wi-Fi calling. Uh, thanks. Yeah, so I, I listened to three quarters of that, not the whole press conference, just that answer to that particular question. And speaking of Michael Scott, I mean, that was that felt like Scott's tots, man. I mean, look, I, I had Aaron Rodgers back over the whole immunized thing because it's like, you know... It's not your business, and technically he believed it, whether you believe it or not. He's like, yeah, I am immunized, because he said he was. It's like, well, that's misleading. It's like, yeah, well, so what? Freaking get over it. It's not your business. Um, And this kind of is the same thing, but it's so bad, because it's not believable. You know? Like, this isn't... It's kind of the same thing, but it's not, because it's like, why are you even saying it? Why Why would you even lie about this in such an absurd way? Zero people on planet Earth believe you. Zero. The head coach next to you is laughing. He thinks it's funny. And then he looks over. He's like, oh, wait, maybe he's not. I should stop laughing. This, this is really awkward and weird. And it's like, you've had so much time to think about it. And, and honestly, it was funny because I remember when Gutekunst's comments came out. I was like, what is Rogers going to say to this? Because you know somebody's going to ask. And I wasn't really sure what he would say, because, I mean, I'm sure it's true. I mean, Gutekunst isn't going to lie about it. They had several conversations, and Gutekunst was just like, he never answered his phone. That's not true. So, I mean, I, I really feel like the best answer is very simply, you know, I, I didn't mean any offense to Brian Gutekunst. I'm sorry that it upset him, but we had already essentially independently agreed to part ways, right? I mean, the the Packers had decided to move on. I had decided to move on. And that's essentially it. Because that's what it was. I mean, it, it was, it was, of course, it was petty. 
to refuse to answer a phone call, and, and you're just going to have to live up to that, right? I'm sure he was hoping that Gutekunst just wouldn't bring that up, but it came up, and now what do you do? But the best thing is to be at least semi-honest and, and acknowledge, yeah, I chose not to answer the phone because there was nothing to talk about. And, um, you know, I had a bunch of stuff going on, and I allowed my agent to kind of take that up because at that point, you know, we had agreed to part ways, essentially. And that might not have been 100% true, but I'm sure you could have just gotten away with saying that. I don't have cell service. First of all, you're full of crap. The guy called you multiple times, not one of just happened to not get through. That's not true. Number two, there would still be a missed call and a voicemail, so you could have called him back. Number three, he reached out to multiple people trying to get a hold of you, and you had your people talking to him. So there was communication going back and forth, so you're well aware that he wants to get a hold of you, right? So, I mean, oh my goodness, dude, this is so stupid. Yeah, it was just it was it was uncomfortable because just trying to watch him choose to lie in such a way that it, and he took so long explaining it like stop it's so painful listening to you right now. It's so uncomfortable. So, yeah, I haven't seen the entire thing and I didn't see Gudikun's thing either. I know they both um spoke and I'm excited to kind of cover that. That should be hopefully on tomorrow's podcast assuming I have time to do that and everything, but <sighs> I don't know. I mean, again, from my perspective, podcaster, it's great content. I'm glad he did it the way he did it, just from the standpoint of my own selfish desires for hilarity and something funny to talk about. But as somebody that would rather not see Aaron Rodgers look like a complete idiot, that sucked. Because he did. Haircut looks nice, though. Looks cleaned up and professional, like he actually wants to try hard and stuff. So good for him. That's great. Two new callers today, both of them on point. Hey Ryan, just some uh, some morning thoughts. Um, Hello. On I, I know we're we're hoping to pivot away from it, but sort of the Rogers trade. Sure. But ultimately, oh, I I do hope uh, and I wish him nothing but the best of health for about eleven and a half games. <laughs> and I I genuinely thought you were going to say something nice, and I was about to agree and be like, no, dude, for sure. Like I again, I love the guy, and I hope everything goes great for him. Uh, he's a little weird. Got under my skin a couple times, but. Um, you know, everybody does. It's just a thing. No big deal. And then you went and did that. And it's like, well, all right, I'll wait for someone else to say something nice and I'll jump on that one. But please continue, Nate. Yeah, I'm glad he's going to be getting a lot more cardio, uh, you know, working on working on his heart health, um, ru- you know, running away from the defenders who blow through that offensive line. Like yeah, a piece of cardboard. that's going to be but, rough. Uh, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm really rooting for him for 11 and a half games. Um, and... I, I certainly hope that uh, he does well, and I hope that the Jets win zero games I agree with, with him. And I, uh, I, I do hope uh, that he doesn't throw too hard. Um, I hope he conserves his arm strength and mm-hmm. throws like 847 picks or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, wish him nothing but the best. Go Pat, go. Yeah, I mean, that's the only bad thing about the structure of the contract. I mean, I know you're being sarcastic, but... Any any part of you as a Packer fan that wants to be like, you know, I want to be the bigger person and just wish him the best and, and hope everything goes great for him. I mean, that's the wrong thing to do. <laughs> you absolutely shouldn't do that. Um, I would rather not throw away a potential high first-round pick, if, if at all possible. You know? I mean, I, I'm not saying it's realistic that we could get the number one overall pick, but but to not root for that? To not root for them to lose every one of their games, um, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like that's the wrong thing to do. 
I think I just figured out what's up with this draft. Okay, perfect. I need it. Um, I think this is a COVID effect on why we think this draft is so bad. Yeah. Because this is like the year where these guys got blocked out of playing time for two years because of the five-year seniors from the COVID year. Oh, yeah. So the guys who would have two to three years worth of playing time, they're either in part-time roles or they only have a season and a half of play time just really, um, you know, blocking what they have. So all the super athletic guys, the guys that are don't have the production, they don't really get to shine because, they, you know, they didn't get on the field. So kind of like the Jordan Love effect with COVID where he didn't get to practice yeah. and he didn't, you know, he didn't get to see, right? So I wonder... That's my theory on why this draft might look bad, but there are actually a bunch of athletes in here, so maybe that's just what's going on. These guys got didn't get playing time because of all the fifth year seniors, but I don't know. Let me know your thoughts. Go Paco. Could be. I mean it's it's such a big question. You know, just as I'm sitting here thinking, okay, how could we look into that? I'm just thinking, yeah, we're not doing that. But um I mean it's a solid theory in terms of I mean you know, again, I mean, it, it seems bigger than an anomaly, but all at the same time, I'm sure this happens once every however many years, 10 years, 20 years, where there's like 15 first-round prospects, you know? I mean, that happens. But it is what it is, man. Let's, uh, I guess we'll just get jacked up about who's there and, you know, of the studs that will emerge, let's hope we grab a couple. Hey, Ryan, it's Nate. I'm hey. hoping this is my last call for at least a couple hours to let some other people get in here because I don't want to... Take a wild freaking guess. <laughs> what did I say? Every time someone says that. A couple hours. Try, uh, what would that be, 13 plus 6, 19 minutes? Yeah. You said in the precedent that Cheeseballin has, has set here. Um, but I, I was just listening to the pod and you were talking about how um, these people are going to have to start reassessing Brian Gutekunst his duties as the Packers GM. I just wanted to say, <laughs> you said duty. Oh, my good Lord. What is going on today? Don't we have a draft coming up, like, in 24 hours? It's actually, yeah, it's almost exact. Oh, it's freaking me out. I'm so unprepared. <laughs> I'm so mad at myself that there's not more guys Oh, that I've looked at. I gotta, I gotta, I should just not sleep tonight. I'll just stay up all night just watching, just watching guys, watching sixth round prospects. I hate them all, but it's like, I gotta get it done. Hey, Ryan. I know when I called up the trade last night, I said I was super excited, but I didn't sound like it. My wife and son were asleep in there. I get that. Sure, as you know, if uh, you wake a two year old up in the middle of the night, nobody has a good night. So, yep. um, but the one thing you keep saying that Rogers played like 11, 12 games for us to get the first round pick. Um, that's about true, but the wording is actually 65% of the offensive snaps. Yeah, it's 11.05 so, I mean, or something. He could technically play 10 games and still do it because, like, oh, if he doesn't have no offensive snaps, not games. I didn't see. I don't read things too closely. There you go. Well done, sir. I mean, assuming you're right, I don't know. I'm not going to confirm it for at least a long time. Now, I don't think I have as many offensive snaps with the other quarterbacks. You know what I mean? Like, there'll be less snaps per game. Um, so it's just the total snaps on the year, so I don't know. Um, and I guess see, and if and if we're gonna go galaxy brain with it, think about let's say he plays nine games, right? Very unlikely that that ends up being sixty five percent. But you think about the quarterback that's gonna take over. 
do you think they'll have more or less offensive snaps? Well, if they're not getting first downs because they suck, it's not impossible. You know what I mean? Certainly with 10 games, it's possible if the other guy comes in and, you know, they suck and they don't get first downs. And so the defense is out there much longer than the offense and you get these three to six losses, you know, it's a great freaking point. Assuming again, that that is in fact the wording. So yeah, anyway, I, I don't see any way, you know, save an injury that we don't get it. So just really excited now for the draft and all, see what all we get with all these new picks and everything. And, See what this new year brings. Maybe we'll suck, but still exciting. Go back, go. Yeah, fantastic um, catch there. Yeah, I lied in my last call. Yes, you did. I did not dirty, wait a couple hours, liar. but that's because I was listening to your episode for today. Um, which, assuming you recorded before uh, the the news dropped about the trade, because you were talking about how JSN isn't going to be there uh, at pick thirteen or at pick 15 because he's going to go likely to the Jets at 13. But now we switched. Yep. So uh, here's here's what I'm thinking here. How great would it be to slap Dang it. two people at once? One, we take JSN at 13, so he's not there at 15 for the Jets. Right. Huge slap to Joe Douglas. And just uh, the final, like, you around for too long, and now you're finding out. <laughs> Um, we got what we wanted after all, and we're going to take your player. And if you ever do a trade with us again, maybe you'll learn your lesson next time. Two, it would be even better to just a slap in the face to Rodgers to as soon as he leaves, we take a first-round wide receiver. The thing that everybody has always talked about. Oh, God, that yeah, would be so mm, 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 satisfying. Mm, I would eat it up. That's uh, that's what I'm hoping. Uh, that really the only two players that I'm hoping for at 13 are JS and Arshkarovsky. Um, so you know, I I want either offensive line to protect Jordan Love, or I want somebody uh, additional for Jordan Love to throw the ball to, because I think we need to give him all the all the chance in the world to succeed. Um, he's got a lot on his shoulders, but I'm Team Love all the way. Cannot wait for this season to start. Um, get him a bunch of get him a bunch of weapons. Get him protection. Get him everything because this dude is our future, and we're gonna see this uh, this upcoming season. Go pack, go! Yeah, no, I'm, I I get all that. Um, I will say, if we're gonna steal anything from the Jets, it should be a wide receiver. Just just for the lone reason that we don't want to steal offensive linemen from them. By all means, take the offensive linemen. Um, I should save this. I guess I don't know when things are going to get released or how much time I'm going to have to do what, when, where, but at some point I wanted to discuss, I think I'm going to back all the way off the Jackson Smith and Jigba thing. I might be the only Packer fan that's doing it, but I just came to, same with Dalton Kincaid. Those two guys, I've realized the only reason I like them is because everybody else says I should like them, and I like what people say, and I like how they fit on paper based on what people say, but I've never watched anything that I liked. I went back and watched Dalton Kincaid, and it's like, I just don't see it. I don't get I mean, Dalton Kincaid and Jackson Smith and Jigba, to me, are the exact same guy. There must be some extreme nuance to what they're doing, because I just don't see it. I see them running to an open part of the field and catching passes, and I went back and watched that JSN game against Utah. He had like 700 yards and 60 touchdowns or something, just insane. I didn't see a single thing in that game that I watched and just went, oh, dang. Nothing. Not one. 
In fact, the the most impressive thing from from my perspective with Jackson Smith and Jigbo is him running away from people, and he doesn't have the speed. Like that's not his thing. We know he's not going to win with speed. So just scrap that. So I'm kind of coming to the opinion that although I, I I do like Skaronsky also, I think Broderick Jones might be my favorite pick, and he is a Georgia guy. If we're still stuck on Georgia, Darnell, Darnell Wright also is fantastic. Those two guys really like him. There are some character things with with Darnell, but. I mean, if the Packers don't care, I don't care. So I think that's where I'm settling now. For a long time, it's like, I just, nothing really makes sense. Those two picks, I think, probably make the most sense. It's not my absolute favorite from a position of need standpoint. And maybe that's where Skaronsky makes the most sense. Like if it turns out Zach Tom is just a freaking stud or Yash or something, boom, guard, until we need him to be tackle. But I guess Skaronsky, Broderick Jones, Darnell Wright. Not really what you're talking about, but I just, I, I came to that official conclusion not too long ago. And it's uh, it's freeing. <laughs> hey, what's going on? It's Omar Firefighter. How y'all oh, no. doing? Good. Uh, just wanted to let all the calls about the Aaron Rodgers trade die down because I know it's getting blown up. Mm-hmm. I missed my opportunity to call first, and then I, I was like, oh, I'm just going to wait. So uh, <laughs> do you want to say that, just like everybody else, extremely happy. Also... Um, if people didn't know that the trade swap, it equals a fourth round pick. So it's, I think we fleeced the Jets, which I'm sure probably other people. I thought it was even like an early third, like one of those conditional third round or, uh, yeah, not conditional. What are they called? You know what I mean? One of those extended third round picks. Um, but yeah, it's, it's early fourth, late third. So it's to, to call it like insignificant, I think is, um, Somewhat silly, but yeah. I heard because to me, Aaron Rodgers wasn't even worth a third round pick. You know <laughs> the, the pick swap but, would have been enough. <laughs> but to get all what we got and basically the swap equates to a fourth round pick, that's good. Uh, I want to know what you want us to do with that first round pick. If you were again, what would you I do? Should have just saved um, it. Me personally, if Njigma is gone. I would want us to just trade back because we could trade back, sure. still get a tight end, or get maybe like the second best receiver or something. If you know, it's kind of hard because we don't really know who the second is. But you know, if we if we got a receiver later in the draft first round, I might feel a little bit more comfortable. Or we can get one of the two tight ends, which I'd rather get, and then get a receiver in the second round and a tight end. Oh, well, whatever. I don't know. I'm just going to be excited. I'm just, I'm just just waking up. Sorry, it's early in the morning. Um, also, hope you enjoying the movies. Yeah. I hope you didn't see any of them before. Um, and yes, I am a Gore fan, but I, I, I can, I'm just a horrible fan in general. So I, I don't necessarily have a style as long as sure. they're good. So hopefully you're enjoying everything. But all right, man, go back, go. Yeah, just the other day I when I was watching film, because it's nice because I'm watching that, uh, I guess you could do it with YouTube too because the audio isn't really necessary, but the All-22 has no sound, which is kind of annoying, but you can kind of put on music or whatever. But I put on, um, uh, come on now, From Dust Till Dawn right which is phenomenal movie i love that movie uh I, I think the ending especially when you've seen it before once things start getting a little over the top it's like all right we can probably end this but i mean it, to me it's like two different movies the beginning is like pulp fiction like it's actually a genuinely like the acting is fantastic like the the writing is such a uh quentin tarantino-esque like it's over the top unnecessary some of the comments and some of the th- 
scenes and things that happen, but it's but it's awesome because it's over the top. And then, you know, that ending where it starts to change and it just becomes absurd. It's like it's it's kind of funny, but I think at this point when I watch that movie, I watch it up until and then it's like, all right, that's probably enough. You know, we'll watch the first couple ones die or something cuz it's kind of cool and then it gets to such an absurd level that it's like, all right, I think I get the point. But yeah, man, definitely appreciate it. I'm trying to think if I watched them all or let me see my stack here. So I saw Wrong Turn, Dust Till Dawn, Freaky. Oh man, I got two more. Demon. Oh, Demon Knight. I, that sounded so familiar. Demon Knight is, um, I, as soon as I looked at that, I'm like, I know that movie. That's uh, Tales from the Crypt, isn't it? Dude, I forgot about Demon Knight. That's such a good movie. If, assuming I'm right. I could be wrong. But yeah, and that has a uh, who's that guy that was on like NFL? He was a broadcaster for a while, comedian. He's in that too, I think. It's a fantastic movie. And then Creep, I don't think I've seen. Underrated film you wrote, many don't know, two thousand five. So I will definitely check these two out. I forgot you had those two in another uh, sleeve. So super jack. Now I'm going to watch these. By the way, I was I was the biggest Tales from the Crypt fan ever when I was younger because I always loved horror. Like, my whole family kind of did. We kind of grew up that way, but I was kind of probably the most because my dad always... I mean, again, my dad had us watching horror movies when I was, like, five years old. Probably a terrible decision with the nightmares and whatnot, but I appreciated it. And, um, you know, the way people gather around as a family and watch things like um, American Idol now, like, that's what my family does. Good, wholesome television. We used to gather around and watch Tales from the Crypt, you know, <laughs> which is, is pretty stupid, but, man, we loved that show. I actually went as the Crypt Keeper for Halloween one time. That was like the one, I shouldn't say that, but one of the times like we actually splurged on one of the expensive masks. Love that stuff. Hey, I decided to call back again uh, real quick, back to back, because I think, you know, it's just told me, say the Packers don't want to do what we want them to do. I think they're probably going to take an edge rusher. You know what? I forgot to, uh, I'll let you finish. I forgot to answer your other question, but yeah, we'll, we'll go ahead. Um, and you're but, right. Um, we'll see. If Virginia was there and they took an edge rusher, I'm going to be real pissed. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't think that's the case. I think they sold on him. Either he even said it in the uh, draft. Uh, I mean, in the um, combine, he even said that they was going to take a receiver. And he was real confident. Like, it would be a hard draft if he gets to us. So, uh, but as I, as I said, I think positions that they're probably going to take – Early is wide receiver, tight end, tomorrow defensive line, um, most definitely, and edge rusher. I think it'll be like the first four picks. Uh, like so, I can almost guarantee you those will be the first four picks, and we'll, we'll see what happens. But I right, go back though. Yeah, as I said before, I'm I'm very confident that we're going to take an edge rusher in the first round, and I'm not super excited about it because I don't think I really like any of them. Um, I mean, Will Anderson won't be there. Tyree Wilson I kind of like, but I definitely don't want him at 13. I don't think he's that genuinely blue-chip type of guy like he's being made out to be. So I kind of hope he does go at like three or something ridiculous like some people have said. Um, but, you know, I, forget if, I think it was you saying if uh, so-and-so's not there, we should trade back. I don't mind that because if you look at at least the consensus big board, Broderick Jones at 18, Darno Wright at 19, then you got Michael Mayer at 21, then you got a bunch of wide receivers, Addison, Johnson, Flowers in the mid twenties, um, who I I So here here's kind of where I'm at. Jackson Smith and Jigba I like as far as what everybody says about him. If he can be that guy, 
then that's my favorite guy. I just don't see it. So he's not my guy. Jordan Addison, I like. He's just too small. Zay Flowers, I really like, like as a route runner. Like Zay Flowers is what people tell me Jackson Smith and Jigba is. And then he's bigger. So it's like if, if, if he is what I can see Zay Flowers do at a bigger size, then heck yeah, I want him. Um, I love Zay. He's just too small. But again, I, I like him. If we draft him, like, well, I guess they don't care about the size. I'll get over it. And Quentin Johnson has plummeted down to 24th. I mean, this is a guy that was the wide receiver one at one point. He's all the way down here. But that's the whole point. Like, Quentin Johnson at 15 or 13 now, I don't know. But if we're trading back to the 20s and get him, like, I don't know. I Still wouldn't be my favorite thing probably. But, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't necessarily mind that as much. But you're right. I, I just have a feeling that edge rusher is the play. And, and it's not like the Packers are going in knowing what they're going to do. But if I had to guess, again, based on Gutekunst's comments about how much he loves the edge rushers and he's gushing over how great they are, which I don't necessarily agree. I mean, there are some guys I really like, no doubt. But um, I would probably go with other positions, especially with depth and everything else. I mean, there's a lot of positions that are actually pretty solid. I guess edge might be one of them, but I just don't like it as far as... And maybe that's what he means. But there are a lot of edge rushers in the first round. I mean... Again, you got Will Anderson, which we'll see how far he falls. The Packers could trade up and get him. You got Tyree Wilson, same thing. Nolan Smith, Lucas Van Ness, Miles Murphy, Will McDonald, Tommy Adebaware, Keon White, Felix Anudike Uzama. I mean, it seems like they're out of reach, but I don't necessarily think that that's the case. I mean, the amount of Edra, and maybe, and again, maybe that's just what he means as far as the depth, because it's unbelievable. Just through the second round, we got. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 in the first two rounds. That's insane. Now, how many do I actually like? I mean, I, I don't really remember. I think I liked Derek Hall and Uzoma, Uzama, and Adebaware, although I think I thought one of them was more of a defensive tackle, but I think those are like the... Th- oh, and Will McDonald I'm obsessed with. So all the second rounders... <laughs> or half of them at least, just none of the first round. I don't like Miles Murphy. I don't like Lucas Van Ness. I don't like Tyree Wilson, and I think Will Anderson's overrated. Nolan Smith is overrated and small. So weird. But yeah, that's where I'm at. I think we're going to take an edge. I would like to take a tackle, not because of position of need, but just because I like the tackles that are in that range. Even Paris, I could. he's not my favorite, but I, I, I dig it. I feel like, you know, he's close enough to being good that it, in time he could get there. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. 
Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Hey, this is Dakota, that nerd, and she knows I am about to have to put your speaker, so I hope this sounds fine. Oh, look, I can't get off Twitter for some reason, and uh, I just keep seeing people say stupid things. And Mm -hmm. first, let me um, recognize that I said something stupid on one of my last calls because I said I don't know if the 55% is this year or next year. Dude, I was tired, and I've been working like 50 hours this week. and. Then I thought about it this morning after a good night's sleep, and yeah, that was a dumb thing to say. But obviously, it's dumb, whatever. For reference, I did the exact same thing when when Blaine and I were trying to figure out how this works. I was like, "Wait, is it this year or next year?" And he said, "No, it's this year." And I was like, "Oh, really?" And then I went and looked at Ian's thing, and um, I was like, "Yeah, Ian doesn't specify what year." And he's like, "Yeah, but like, think about it for a half a second." And I was like, "Oh." Yeah, never mind. I'm stupid. That's what he plays in 2023, because that's how we determine what pick we get in 2024. Right. Whatever. So, uh, anyway, I'm looking at all these dumb people on Twitter. Like, I don't know, that one guy, Salfino, is that his name? That dude, he, he literally said a conditional number two. But it's a definite number two for 2024 and a conditional one. Mm-hmm. And something about that that the... What was it? The the Packers? I don't know. Somebody, the Packers either didn't have leverage, but they had oh, Aaron yeah. Rodgers. And obviously he doesn't know Trucker Bob because Trucker Bob right. was just giving a master class of what leverage is and Aaron Rodgers was it. Yeah, he, he did a full, long thing about leverage, essentially saying Rodgers is the leverage. And this guy goes on Twitter and said they didn't have leverage, but they had Rodgers, essentially proving exactly what Trucker Bob said. Right? Because that's the point. Like, everybody's like, well, they, here's a bad situation here, and this, and this, and this, and this, and this, but then they can't figure out, well, then, if everything was bad, how did you do all this? Like, I don't understand. Because they had the commodity. You don't have any leverage. You don't have Rogers. <laughs> what do you... What? Anyways. And then you got pro football talk. The Jets had real leverage in Aaron Rodgers' trade talk. For whatever reason, they chose not to use it. Look, Either say the Jets had no leverage or Joe Douglas is not half the GM that Brian Gutekunst is. Well, that, that's the beautiful thing about this because the exact same people who don't like Brian Gutekunst are the people who are saying that Brian Gutekunst doesn't have any leverage, which again is, is just smacking yourself in the face because it's, it's, you're going to lose on some front. But the bottom line is... Um, you have to choose now because things did go in the Packers' favor in this trade. So now you have to choose either the um, all all these. And, and by the way, this is the only good thing that's come out of this. Everybody is gushing over Gutekunst now because it's their only possible recourse. Because otherwise, they were wrong. This is what um, uh, man. I'm now I'm blanking on everybody's name here. The pro football talk guy. He was gushing about what a great job Goody did, but he had to. He had no choice because he just said the Jets had no leverage and still Gutekunst was able to get all of this. So you have no choice, but that's the thing. 
These guys don't care as much about Gutekunds, but there are Packer fans who absolutely abhor Brian Gutekunds who now have to choose. Were you wrong about the leverage situation? Or were you wrong about the GM situation? Because there isn't a universe in which Brian Gutekunst is a completely inept GM that was able to get maximal compensation with zero leverage. So I will allow you to choose. You can admit that you are wrong about the leverage, or you can do what a lot of these other guys are doing and just say Gutekunst is a freaking genius. I await your answer. One of those two is true. Both cannot be false in this situation. I mean, I, I even just, you know, I went to look for cheese balling on uh, Twitter just to see what he said. I'm not going to trash talk anybody that calls in. Everybody call in the Packer Net. We're all family, whether we agree or not. But, come on, man. It, it's, at what point do you have to admit? Or what needs to happen for you to admit that Gutekunst did a crazy great thing? Well, and that's that's the thing. Like, at, at what point does your bias get you to a point of, of not even just the fact that you're being ridiculous, but you're being ridiculous in your attempt to trash your own team? I mean, the the amount of comments that I got about Jordan Love, you know, the, the the funny thing is, you can tell who are just biased haters because I put out a tweet that was essentially defending Jordan Love, but I didn't say a single positive thing about Jordan Love. All I did was point out that a Jordan Love hater said three comments, and all three of them were false, and I listed those out. And the amount of hatred that I got, or more like that Jordan Love got, and then when you look at the rationale that they used, it's like, look, if you want to have a discussion, but this isn't a discussion. This is just blind hatred. And, and it's unfortunate for Jordan Love because it has nothing to do with Jordan Love. This is a Aaron Rodgers obsession that led to a Gutekunst hatred. Right? I'm obsessed with Rodgers. You drafted Love. Therefore, I hate you because you slandered Rodgers. You pushed him out. And you didn't help us win a Super Bowl with Rodgers. So you didn't get him the help that he needed. And, and G- Love is just the byproduct of that. And they need him to be garbage. And they hate the, absolute, the even discussion that he could be anything but garbage. Because if he ends up being a good pick, then it turns out that that was all the right thing to do. But it's just, it's, it's unbelievable. Like, you're, <laughs> it was like, well, yeah, n- nobody, he shouldn't have been a first round pick. Okay, well, everybody said he was a first round pick. Well, he's a developmental quarterback, right? And they developed him for three years. So I don't understand the point. And then the third one was about um, they tried to trade him last year and they had no takers. That is 100,000% false. 100,000% false. There is not one report other than some, I saw somebody quoted Ian Rappaport about something in an article. And I did the old uh, search it on Google. It only existed in that one article. The best I could find are some unverified reports that some teams might have called about Rodgers or, or about Love. Zero things from anybody reputable that the Packers were calling around trying to shop Jordan Love. That doesn't exist. And then to take it another step further and say that nobody else was interested. The only unverified reports were that teams were calling wanting Jordan Love and the Packers rebuffed it. So these are absolute lies, and people are calling in or, or messaging me about how much I'm a, I'm a obsessed with uh, Jordan Love, and I'm, I'm just a whatever the word is, I don't even know, fanboy or something. Like I, I, I didn't even say anything positive. What am I? I didn't even say he would be good. But it's just people get so angry that you would even possibly defend a guy from outright lies, and then they come in, they're like, oh, look how bad he was against the Chiefs. Like suddenly we, we, we I, I ended a conversation with one guy because he started talking about preseason. 
Yeah, that Eagles game, big deal. Look at look how bad he was in the preseason. Well, first of all, he really wasn't bad in the preseason, although it wasn't great. It was kind of up and down. There was some good, there was some bad. But it's freaking preseason, first of all. And the most recent thing we have is that Eagles game. But he wants to throw that out, look at the bad in the preseason and the Chiefs game, and that's the only information we get. And we have to use that, and we have to view it through a negative lens, and therefore I know everything about it. I mean, it's just, it's blind hatred and bias. And that's what we're getting with this kind of thing, too. Is why it's, it's part of the reason I enjoy doing this, because it's so easy for me. I don't even have to be mildly intelligent to be able to make myself look like a genius on this podcast, because everybody says the dumbest crap. And they're, they have massive audiences, some of them. So it's like, well, this is easy. Adam Shine is, I don't know, he's some bigwig somewhere. He's got a television show saying the dumbest crap, just flat out lying about stuff. Baby's waking up. Go to sleep, baby. And I just get to come on here and be like, well, this is a lie. And here's why this is false. And then it's like, oh, wow, look at you. You're so smart. Mm." That's what I tell myself. But again, I don't have to do anything. I feel like I sit here and I go on Twitter and everybody's just like, two plus two is nine. (laughs) And I'm like, actually, it's four. Oh, you're just a four lover. Just humping four's leg all day. You just love four. You're such an idiot. Okay. Well, it is. So would you like to get a calculator and prove me wrong? (laughs) You're so stupid. You probably think six and four is... 7 billion freaking PFF loser idiot. Okay. Good talk. Shoot, you weren't done. We'll pick it up right here. This is about where I think you left off. Really play for us anyway. I mean, we got a second, a probable first, more pick, or number 42 in this year's draft. I mean, what else? He openly said that he might not come back after this year, he was possibly not coming back this year. Right. He was 90% retired going into the darkness, but then decided not to do it because he spent four days in the dark, or four nights in the darkness. Come on. <sighs> well, and he's got more to say. got cut off, but that, one of the other things people love to say is, well, you, uh, you gave away a multiple-time MVP, Hall of Fame, Super Bowl winning, and this is all you got, you stupid idiot, blah, blah, blah. It's... it's not 25-year-old Super Bowl champion MVP Aaron Rodgers on a moderate contract going to another team. This is 40-year-old Aaron Rodgers, who retired, had a terrible year last year, tends to have issues causing problems within organizations. Oh, and by the way, it's $60 million if you want him for one year. And it's not, well, maybe he comes back next year. You know what it costs if he comes back next year? It's like 110. It's going to cost you about 110 if he plays two years. You don't just get him for free after that. It, it gets very expensive if he comes back another year. So <laughs> you take what he is, which is a 40-year-old guy that retired and had a terrible year last year. That probably still has some juice left, minus a $60 million contract so, that for, so you can get him for one year. What is the value of that? Anybody for $60 million, the value goes to zero in my mind. The Jets paid $60 million and a second-round pick, and let's call it a third-round pick for the pick swap, late third-round pick, and a first-round pick, minus our fifth and sixth swap, which is like a seventh, maybe, I don't know. That's what they paid for one year. They gave us all that and got us out of this contract. Oh my goodness, it's been 40 minutes already? All right, let's finish this. I wonder if the I'm running out of time line made it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, that's basically it. And I don't even know if I completed any one of my thoughts. Um, 
because I got so many going through my head, so I hope what I said was Could always call back, understandable man. and I got my point across. Uh, people are dumb, and and it, and it hurts me physically to see it. I get it. And that's it, y'all. Have a nice one. Peace. Yeah, you can always call back. The rule is, though, you have to say, all right, I'm done calling now, and then call right back. <laughs> hey, Jersey Mike again. Hey, uh, can't really hear you. Um, just a worst-case scenario, the Jets are, are pretty good. They get, like, you know, uh, so what? Uh, we get a second-round pick because Rodgers, something happens. I, I don't know. I forget what you're saying. But here's what I'm thinking. The worst case scenario you haven't thought of, which is which is very upsetting to me, but makes me nervous. Rogers goes in there, some way somehow they have a really good start to the season, like a really really good start. Rogers goes down for about three games, four games, mm-hmm. right, in the middle of the season. Jack Wilson or whoever the backup is comes out, wins them a few games. Keeps them in the playoffs, right? Okay. Okay. Then they Rodgers comes back to play a few games. They get locked into the race. Rodgers is still nursing that injury. They decide to sit him, and then turns around, and they end up going to the playoffs, and they they make it maybe even to the Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. And we've got a pick at the back of the second because Rodgers that. Multiple games. Yep. Just, just saying. It's a possibility. You didn't think of it. <laughs> anyway, just try to be pessimistic. Go pack go. Yeah, I mean, t- technically speaking, it's possible we get a top 10 pick. It's possible we get a pick in the back of the second round. But I would say both of those are unlikely. Right? I think if Rodgers does actually play, I think they're going to be pretty good. Whether they go to the playoffs, I don't know. I would guess probably. But either way, I would guess it would be somewhere in the 20s that we get our pick in the first round. Um, And if he doesn't make it, I think it's more than likely, although there are other scenarios, I think it's more than likely we end up with a high pick. So my thought would be um, back half of the first round or front half of the the, uh, second round. But yes, entirely possible. The full spectrum from pick one to pick 64 are technically options. Hey, Pack Daddy. It is Jimmy. Hey, Jimmy. Uh, feels a little bit like Christmas morning. There you go. Uh, so I just I don't have much of a, an agenda here on this call other than to just kind of stream of consciousness what I'm excited about. And I'm hoping to hear, I'm sure. Uh, oh, here, let me just ask directly for when I'm done. But when I'm done, so don't cut me off, you know, just hang on a <laughs> sorry, second. Sorry, sorry, all right. I'd like to know what you're excited about. Uh, here's my list. Um, I am excited to see Matt LaFleur's offense run the right way. I am excited to wonder what Jordan Love is going to do, obviously. I mean, that's pretty big, but, like, uh, it's been a long time since we've wondered what the quarterback is going to do, what the quarterback's going to be like. Um, we've kind of known for a long time uh, what it, for what that's been worth. Uh, and for a long time, you know, it's been really good. It's been really good. 
Uh, I guess the only surprises we've had is when it's been disappointing. Um, but this is going to be a whole different flavor, and I'm excited to find what that is. I'm excited to see what happens in the draft. All this new draft capital. I'm excited to see what happens next year in the draft when we probably have an extra first-round pick, which, you know, theoretically, if, if love doesn't live up to it, we've got lots of options mm-hmm. in the future. So uh, what else? What else am I excited about? I'm excited to watch – uh, Rogers plays for the Jets a little bit. Uh, I want to see, you know, if he turns it around. But this chip, it was always fun to watch him play well uh, for us. So it might be fun. You know, remember, I really, really rooted for Brett Favre back in the day for the Jets. It's kind of fun to be able to root for both guys. It's a little different now, especially since the way he plays will determine our compensation for next year. Um, but uh, nonetheless, I am. It's an exciting thing um, to to anticipate watching. Um, and I guess. Uh, something that I heard someone else talking about that really struck me is, um, is at this moment, we're kind of in like Schrodinger's quarterback, if you know what I mean. It's like no. that concept that they're, we are in living with the knowledge of the unknown. We know the unknown and that's it. But soon the unknown will be known. In other words, right now, Jordan Love could be anything. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we all get to, um, either, you know, uh, worry about that or uh, get excited about that, right. uh, depending on who you are. Do what you will, but it's all a big unknown, and that anticipation has its own source of excitement. So I'm just about to my three minutes. I'm going to leave it at that, but I'm excited to hear what you're excited to uh, what you're excited for. Bye-bye. Go, Pat, go. Yeah, I... Um... I would echo pretty much all of that, I guess. And, and you're right. I mean, that's kind of what I've said about the off season, right? This is the time where you get to just assume everything's going to be great, assume the best, and just get excited about stuff. Excited to see this new offense under Matt Lafleur and Jordan Love and all that. I mean, and, and again, in, in reality, this could all be horrible. But why would you sit around and just think that it's going to be horrible, right? I mean, you can think it through, but again, even then, you can think it through and say, okay, he's horrible. We get a high pick. We have the Jets pick. We can make a move for a quarterback, right? Yeah, well, you're probably not going to have enough to get Caleb Williams. Well, maybe not. What about Drake May, Michael Penix, Bo Nix, Quinn Ewers? Any takers? No? Just saying. We'll see how it goes. Sometimes It's one of those things, too, where everybody knows Caleb Williams is going to be the top guy. Yeah, that happens every year, and at least 50% of the time, that is definitely not the top guy. Or maybe we uh, don't necessarily get that high, but we also don't necessarily think we need to give up on Jordan Love. We want to give him a little bit more time, get him a little bit more help. Maybe you get a guy like Marvin Harrison. Can you imagine? What if we get Brock, uh, Brock Bowers, like legit, absolute freak show tight end? Or Joe Alt, the offensive tackle. I haven't seen him, but I'm looking at the list, and apparently he's like a top five tackle, which is dope. Or there's a guy by the name of Kool-Aid McKinstry. Should we start drinking the Kool-Aid now? <laughs> all right we'll move off of this no I mean, i'm right now i'm excited about the draft and i'm excited about what could potentially be coming but uh, again there's a there's a and you're right i think there is sort of a, a split in how people choose to see things but i think because it's so new i'm excited about it we've seen this aaron Rodgers thing for a long time and it's been fantastic but it also hasn't been perfect for whatever reason there have been some lows right? is what there doesn't seem to be nuance allowed in any of these conversations. Either it's 100% great or 100% awful. I like Gutekunst. There are guys that are better, especially in certain categories. I like Matt LaFleur. He's not perfect. I like Aaron Rodgers. I'm sorry to tell you, he's not perfect. And there are things that can be improved, and I'm excited and hopeful for something that can be improved. 
And I'm sorry to all the national media people, and I'm sorry to all the Bears fans, and I'm sorry to all the diehard Aaron Rodgers fans. I'm not going to curl up in a ball and cry because my life is over, because Aaron Rodgers left, and now we're doomed, and everything's horrible. I'm not doing that. And I'm sorry that I'm not going to do that, and I'm sorry that that annoys you and that bothers you. And I'm sure you think I'm lying, but I'm not. I am genuinely excited. With the full knowledge that things could be horrible, I'm not excited because I'm an idiot that just assumes everything's going to be... I don't know, but I don't care. I'm okay not being the best in the world, because I still get to be a Packer fan, and I get to root for Jordan Love, and if he's not good, then I don't like him anymore. As a person, sure. As our quarterback, no thank you. But guess what? Then I get excited about the quarterback we're going to draft in uh, the upcoming draft, and the growth and development of the guys that we got in this draft, and the excitement of that new defensive coordinator we're, <laughs> we're going to be hiring. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. So, yeah, I'm sorry if it bothers you, but I'm going to be excited and I'm going to move forward because, you know, I mean, here's the thing. A lot of negative Packer fans get upset because, well, you're just a bootlicker. You'll support everything that happens. That's not necessarily true, but I am going to err on that side. You know why? Because I don't want to be like you because you do the exact opposite. Nothing is good enough. Everything's horrible. Every, whining and complaining all the time. It's, it's, it's just exhausting talking to you. I can't imagine being you so angry all the time. You're mad at Brian Gutekunst for something that happened three years ago? Really? That's really sad. But again, like you said, do whatever you got to do, fan how you want to fan, and you, you're, I'm sorry, you're not going to make me miserable. I enjoy being a Packer fan. I love being a Packer fan. I will always be a Packer fan. Um, I enjoy, I just, I enjoy it. And I'm excited, and I'm going to be excited every single year. I mean, this is why, like, Browns fans and Bears fans, everybody gets excited during the draft, and they should. That's what you should do. If you're miserable right now, you should stop being a fan of this and go do something else. Woodworking or something, something that exerts a little energy. You got a little pent-up rage. Sitting around online is not the right thing for you. Go take a Taekwondo class or something. I don't know. Hey, uh, Jimmy again. One more hey. uh, thing. Schrodinger's Jets. Let me just branch out to that side okay. of things. What the heck are they going to be? Like, we've got Rodgers, who doesn't like to throw to rookies and needs to, right. like, get all the hand signals, uh, you know, communicated to everybody, and that takes some years to establish. Yeah. And he, you know, doesn't want to show up at the offseason. And maybe he will now, because who knows what his uh, what that chip in the shoulder will motivate him to do. But sounds like they're talk about he's not going to be there and you know don't don't worry about it he's not coming until june or july anyway um so and then plus their offensive line is no good from yeah. what i'm hearing you know i'm no no jets expert here but uh from right. what my sources tell me <laughs> meaning you uh that their offensive line is no good so um and 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 uh, Rogers doesn't play well when he's um, you know frazzled is probably what we've seen lately. Plus he's getting older, coming off some injuries. I'm having a really like my in my um, anxiety brain. I can imagine them coming out like six and zero, and then uh, everybody's you know their, their confidence is high after their hot start last season and. You know, uh, I could see that, but I could also see, um, like, just a whole lot of mediocrity. And also, I mean, they're in the AFC. They've got to beat out the Bills and the Dolphins. I mean, that's a lot to accomplish for an almost 40-year-old guy with no offensive line. And Alan Lazard is your two. Mm -hmm. And uh, and and a second-year guy is your one. I don't know, man. I think our first round pick next year might be pretty good. 
Um, that's all. I, I'm, I'm I'm interested to hear uh, what you think. You know, uh, what your your thoughts at this moment are on the Jets. Um, I know there's a ton of unknowns, obviously, but what's your gut telling you? Okay, go Bengals. Yeah, I'm I'm really torn on the Jets because there are those two things that are really really weird. Um, on one hand, you look at it, and just like you said, I mean, there, there's the, Aaron Rodgers is good, but there's those issues, right? He, just setting aside, let's say he he actually plays better than he played last year, ranked fourteenth uh, out of thirty nine quarterbacks. Let's say he's fifth, but there's is still that issue with R- Wilson not really understanding things, and Lazard is the number two, which. I mean, I don't think he's a terrible number two, but according to everybody, and I'll be interested to hear the New York media talk about how trash Lazard is, like they've been doing since forever, and how, you know, they're not getting him any help or anything like that. We'll see. We'll see if they draft a wide receiver early. If they don't, then I expect an absolute riot about not getting him any help, even though a wide receiver would not be the right pick necessarily, but I still think you should demand it because that's what happened here every single freaking year. Uh, Brees Hall, you know, I mean, 69 grade. He didn't play a full year, so maybe he's going to be just the most elite thing in the world, and everybody seems to think so, but I don't know. Uh, again, PFF had their offensive line ranked third from the bottom. Uh, Mackay Becton uh, is going into his third year, and from what I understand, the coaching staff wanted him gone. The new coaching staff and then the guys that actually brought him in, the owner was like, are you kidding me? We drafted Mackay Becton at uh, pick 11. There's no way in the world we're getting rid of the guy. So it's trouble. And then even the defense, like, well, they've got an elite defense. Like, yeah, all right. They did rank fourth. You can't argue with the numbers, right? But still, it's not like they're a perfect defense. I mean, just on paper, I suppose. I mean, they were 10th against the run, which isn't super great. Second against the pass. But again, just looking at their defense, they've got Sauce Gardner, who is the number one corner as a rookie, right? That's obviously fantastic. Do we think he gets better? regresses or roughly stays the same he might get better i don't i mean he's probably like the justin jefferson of corners i'm I'm not trying to imply that the guy's just going to be garbage i'm just asking a question i mean jair was a number one corner once not as a rookie but still worth noting probably never will be again not because he's bad it's just you know one of those things the other corner ranked 23rd uh quinnon williams was the fourth best defensive tackle last year but he's kind of weird because as a rookie he was 55th then he jumped up to 12th, then he went back to 37th, then he went up to 4th, so he's kind of hard to predict. Edge rushers, you got uh, Franklin Myers and Lawson, who ranked 18th and 52nd, and then you've got uh, Solomon Thomas as the other guy on the inside, who was an abysmally horrible pick by the San Francisco 49ers. Um, he ranked 99th at defensive tackle last year. Their safeties tie for 46th. Their middle linebacker ranks 30th, and then the other linebacker that they have out, well, they have two other linebackers. One of them only played like three games, and the other one ranked 62nd, Quincy Williams, uh, who was really bad. So, you know, again, like it, it, I understand that they were good last year, but we also understand things fluctuate every single year. Good teams become bad, bad teams become good. Maybe they get better, maybe they get worse. I have no idea. But I generally don't believe in the Jets. I don't trust Rodgers with younger guys. I know Rodgers is uh, bad under pressure, like most quarterbacks are. But the point is, again, when a higher percentage of your passes become under pressure, then your overall score goes down. And the difference for Aaron Rodgers was 84.6 when he was kept clean and a 56 when he wasn't. 
Rodgers, as a Packer, was under pressure 26% of the time. Zach Wilson was under pressure 40% of the time. Now, maybe that was just his own fault and he was holding on to the ball too long and all that. Fair enough, maybe. But that's a big difference. 40%? It's a big number. But on the other side of that coin, it's ticked off Aaron Rodgers. And I just feel like he is, a, uh, he is an unstoppable force. And so he will do all of the things that need to be done. And he, he also seems to have a different demeanor. In Green Bay, I feel like he, he knew that he owned things. So he felt comfortable enough to pipe up and say, yeah, we're not doing that. You do this, you do that, all that stuff. I don't know if he's going to do that over there. You look at what happened when he went to the Jets, and rather than showing up in some kind of a goofy attire, he's got a nice clean haircut. He goes in, handshakes, hugs, professional press conference. Like It seems like a different, more professional Aaron Rodgers. He's the new guy over there. He doesn't necessarily run things over there the way that he does in Green Bay, which is probably going to work to the Jets' benefit. He's going to have to listen. Just saying. All right, I'd love to do a little bit more because we are way behind. And you know what? Let me let me find Nate's call. Nate uh, had a special request because he did something very special for the draft. And if we don't do it tonight, we'll be late. So I need to find Nate's call. Special request. He's got two. I don't know which one it is. It's got to be this one. Here we go. Right? No, this one. Messed it up. Here we go. It was the night before the draft and all through Lambeau. Not a creature was stirring, except Goody and his team going insane like Rambo, making mock drafts and evaluations on who is elite and who is balanced, screaming at each other, no, this guy has no talents. They'll talk and debate and maybe even fight, but we all trust in Goody for tomorrow's draft night. Go Panko. 